What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Connor Livesy, joined by my co-host today, Joey Ikes. We're here to talk about wildcard weekend, obviously, uh, after the Cowboys clinched the number two seed with a win over the Washington Commanders and a Philadelphia Eagles loss. Uh, didn't need the Philadelphia Eagles loss after the win, but still still nice to see that team still collapsing. But uh, they clinched the number two seed, something we didn't think was super possible a couple weeks ago. They were able to come out. Um, won a couple games at the end of the year, and obviously the Philadelphia Eagles collapse has helped the uh, chances of getting that number two seed. But clinching the number two seed, we know that they are playing the Green Bay Packers uh, Sunday wildcard uh, weekend. Uh, good good Green Bay Packers team, so we're going to dive into this wildcard weekend matchup. Before we do, Joey, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. It's um, It's cool to be in the playoffs. You know, we talked a lot all season about how this team was good and they were going to wind up in the playoffs and – just because something happens in the regular season doesn't mean it will or won't carry into the playoffs and all this kind of stuff all year. And now here we are, right? And we we said going into the second matchup against the Eagles that if the Cowboys won that game, they would win the division just because neither of us really felt like the Eagles were for real. Like there was just too much fluky about the way they had won so many games. And sure enough, they come back to earth on the luck injury, you know, ball bouncing their way kind of front. And here we are. And the Cowboys won the division. Um, and they were they were the better team all year. The results didn't necessarily show that early in the season. But I think it I think the way the NFC wound up playing out is exactly it, it's the right way for the standings to have fallen. Um going into going into the playoffs. And uh and now we get to, you know, talk about Green Bay. No, it's a, uh, like I said, you know, we, we always knew that this team was going to be in the playoffs after, you know, week eight or nine, you know, they they pretty much had a, a very high percentage chance to make a playoffs. But I do think that, you know, being able to just weather the storm, you know, especially after the Buffalo and Miami kind of stumbles, you know, you kind of thought, okay, you know, it's going back downhill after we were so high and mighty. Um, but being able to just kind of weather that storm, come back and, and win, um, you know, the last two games of the year and feel good about yourself. Um, I guess, you know, obviously the Lions game had some controversy to it, but when those last two games kind of feel good about yourself going to the playoffs, getting a big win on the road against a division opponent, not a, not a good opponent, but a divisional opponent. We've seen not so good divisional opponents give other teams in their division problems uh, for a while now. So being able to just weather that storm and um, 
you know, keep, keep, keep yourself in the race is all you could have done because Philadelphia got off to such a hot start, but being able to just kind of keep pace with them and then allow their, you know, their, they were, we always talked about how it was tough to see them having the luck that they had earlier in the year play out throughout an 18 game season. And that luck eventually ran out and it, it led you to the number two seed and Green Bay coming to town. And, and we're going to dive into that now. Um, you know, I feel like for, I know a lot of people, we, we had the discussion, what was it, last week where people were hoping for the number five seed so they could get the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or at the time possibly the New Orleans Saints or the Atlanta Falcons. Um, you know, so we, we know now that they have the Green Bay Packers. Packers have been playing really good football over the second half of the season on offense and defense. Jordan Love has really, um, you know, kind of found his rhythm and in, in, in starting to make a name for himself. I still feel like if the Cowboys play their game, that they've done really well playing at home, if this coaching staff, like we talked about last week, doesn't, you know, crumble into the the ball that we, we've seen them do in the past, they should win this game, I think, pretty – I don't want to say handily, but I think they'll, they'll cover the spread pretty easy. Um, Green Bay is one of the youngest teams in the league, and normally young teams don't perform all that well in the playoffs just because they don't have that veteran – experience they don't have the experience with some of their young players and a lot of the the Green Bay Packers young players are on the offensive side of the ball you got a Jaden Reed a Jordan Love a Christian Watson um a, a few other guys as well that just haven't had that playoff experience Dontavian Wicks is a guy who's been playing real well for them um just just a, a lot of young guys who have zero playoff experience going into the playoffs i think that bodes very well for the cowboys chances going in this game who who have a lot of guys on their their offense and defense who have played in multiple playoff games yeah i i always wonder about how much that playoff experience factor matters i think the older i get the more i think it matters <laughs> maybe that's you know it, it, older wiser you know you see how much experience matters in all areas of your life, right? I think that there is a a good chance that uh, there's a chance that this game plays out like so many of the Cowboys games have, where if the Cowboys get out to an early start, it could get away from Green Bay pretty quick. Um, the difference with Green Bay from some of these teams is that you know, after 25 years or whatever it's been of really, really high-level quarterback play, it looks like they've got another one. <laughs> it looks like Jordan Love is a guy who can be a guy. And uh, and that's kind of the wild card in, in, in any of these playoff games is that if you catch a quarterback on a heater, it's really tough to beat a good quarterback when they're playing really well. Um, and just about the only way that you can counter that is to have your own really good quarterback playing really well. And so I think the defense will get some stops. They will give up some points just because that's the nature of defense in the NFL. Um, but I do think that the youth in some of these situations in these big playoff games, the experience that the Cowboys have at, you know, pretty much everywhere across the board on <clears throat> offense and defense in every position group, on the coaching staff, they just have dudes who have been there and done it, whether it's as a player, as a coach, both, or, um, or you know, in the role that they're in right now, they 
these guys, they have a ton of guys who have been to the playoffs, been to the Super Bowl, um, all those kinds of things. And that's where they're really going to lean on these veteran players to be able to uh, to be able to make the plays that they need to make, especially, you know, guys like Brandon Cooks and Stefan Gilmore have been, you know, they've been to the Super Bowl. They they played in the biggest games possible and um, combine that with all these uh, with the Cowboys players who have been here for a long time and have played in a ton of big games and played in the playoffs a lot. They're, I feel like you're you're right and that the Cowboys have a really, really good chance to win this game and and potentially wind up winning it pretty easily as there's a there's a second level of welcome to the NFL kid that happens in the playoffs, I think. Yeah, and, and like you said, like I'm I'm not I'm not saying, oh, the Green Bay Green Bay's young, they're gonna, you know, piss all over themselves and not show up to play. Cause I don't think I think Jordan Love's been in the league, you know, plenty of years. He's played enough games now, but like he's got some composure about himself and he obviously showed that um last weekend against the Bears. Um I just think when you have like such young receivers, such young tight ends, such young quarterback. Like Aaron Jones is really the only like veteran player on that offense, you know, from a skill player perspective. And I just think that can kind of catch up to you at times when you're, you know, when you're reeling a little bit and you need, you know, a 12 yard catch across the middle, like they just don't have Christian Watson's been banged up and he's probably their most veteran, you know, receiver right now. And it's just like, I'm not saying that you can't have guys that young come out and play well in the playoffs. We've, we've seen it happen with Dallas in the past. Um, but I just think it's a lot to ask. And again, like when you, and I hate doing this because we can do this with the Cowboys a lot of the times too. These are, these are the, since week 10, the Cal, the Green Bay Packers lost 23 to 19 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They won a 23, 20 game against the uh, Los Angeles chargers. They won a 29, 22 game against the Detroit lions on Thanksgiving. Good win for green Bay there. They won a 27, 19 game against Kansas city in week 13. Good win for them there. Since then, they lost 24 to 22 to the New York Giants. They lost 34 to 20 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They won 33 to 30 to the Carolina Panthers. They had a 33 to 10 win against the Minnesota Vikings and then a 17 to 9 win against the Chicago Bears. So while they, you know, have been playing pretty well since week 10, they have some good wins on the resume. There's also a Giants loss in there. There's also a big loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They barely squeaked by the Carolina Panthers a couple weeks ago. I think their record says they're a pretty good team. I think when you watch them, you go, hey, this is a pretty good team. But I still think there's a lot of examples there of them showing some of their youth and inexperience um, against, you know, like I said, some of those not so they're, – they're almost playing better against good teams than the not so good teams, which I think I think that, you know, could give the Cowboys some issues but also just kind of explain some of the inexperience that they have and being able to close out some of those those not so good teams at home and on the road. Yeah, it's they played a ton of close games, like you said, and they are on one hand, that's really super valuable experience for a super young team is to play in those games. Now we know there's enough evidence, this conversation we've had enough times. So those close games so many times come down to luck, whether it's a referee call, whether it's the bounce of a fumble, whether it's, you know, a tipped ball you know, a ball tipped at the line of scrimmage that bounces eight feet in the air and a guy toe tap catches it on the back line of the end zone and you wind up losing an AFC East championship game because of some like crazy nuts, fluky play like that. I thought that was um, a Josh Allen quote. 
yeah, I mean that's essentially. I mean it was it's such a nuts freaking play that we're, was. We're not, anyway. we're not gonna we're not gonna get into this today, I promise. But like, and again, I'm not arguing that Josh Allen is not a very talented quarterback. That's not what I'm doing here. But the narrative surrounding Josh Allen and how he pulled the Bills out of like the gutter, even though the offensive EPA got worse, the offensive success rate got worse, the offensive counting numbers got worse since they fired uh, the old offense coordinator and promoted Joe Brady. Everybody just ignoring the fact that the defense went from one of the worst units in the league to one of the best units in the league over the last like six to eight weeks. And then just yep. being like, yep, this is why Josh Allen's MVP. I'm just like, do we just not watch football or look at numbers that say, hey, this is this is the reason the Bills pulled themselves out of the Right, exactly. It's it we could have the Josh Allen conversation another time once we get in the offseason or something like that. But <clears throat> the close games, moral of the story, close games come down to the bounce of the football and the the echo of the referee's whistle and Decisions like whether the receiver was still moving forward when he went out of bounds or was moving back and whether the clock runs or stops. So that like those are the kinds of things that decide close games. With that being said, the fact that you go back to the experience factor, playing in a playoff game and the pressure that comes with that and the speed of the game that comes with that. And on top of that, the game plans get very game planny when you get into the playoffs. And to a certain extent, it's a little bit unfortunate that, you know, the Cowboys matchup wasn't, you know, set in stone a little earlier. But like I said, the game plans get very, very specific in the playoffs. And that's why you see some of these weird performances. That's why you see these teams play left-handed and win games. Uh, But it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, the Packers defense, for example, extremely good against the pass. Not so good against the run. Does that mean the Cowboys lean into the run game? I sure hope not because the Cowboys are a much better passing team and pass offense is going to beat pass defense most of the time. But like you said, I think the youth on this Packers team in these close games that they've played um, is because even though the Cowboys have played fewer close games, they've played close games against really, really good teams. And because of that, they've, you know, they've had the opportunity to learn from their mistakes against Philadelphia and against Miami and against, you know, we can go run down these three or four really close tight games at the Cowboys against Detroit. Right. Um, And how. One of the things that Mike McCarthy is very good at is if he can avoid it at all, he's going to avoid playing a close game. And that's the way you win a bunch of games in the NFL. That's why they've won 12 games in a row, 12 games, three years in a row, is because they've avoided playing close games as often as possible. Whereas this Green Bay team has just been in close game after close game after close game. And I feel like we have enough evidence over the course of the last few years that when you do that, it means that often if you win a ton of close games, it means that maybe your team isn't as good as the win-loss record shows. And eventually that's going to come back to earth. Yeah, and I mean, I, you know, I'm on looking at RBSDM, runningbackstonematter.com, um, some of the advanced metrics. So since week 10, and I love using week 10 because I think it gives you kind of splits the season in half for you, those first eight or nine weeks and then those back eight or nine weeks. Um, since week 10, the Green Bay Packers defense ranks 25th in total EPA per play. Um, they rank 25th in drop pack EPA and they rank 
let's see, they are 18th in rush EPA. So middle of the pack running defense, pretty ugly statistics from a pass defense perspective. I think when you adjust that, those weeks to like the final three or four weeks, their pass defense looks a lot better. Um, obviously, that's probably because they played Justin Fields, Nick Mullins, Bryce Young, and Baker Mayfield in, in that four or five week stretch there. But um, I think when you look at kind of that, back half of the season picture, which tells you a little bit more from a sample size perspective, you should have no problem. I mean, I, sh I shouldn't say no problem. You should have plenty of success moving the football on this defense however you want to. Um, they're missing some of their key players on defense, too. I know Jair Alexander has been kind of up and down this year. Um, Rashawn Gary's out. So they, they're, they're missing some of their key players on defense for sure. Um I really think it's going to come down to, which again, we talked about the youth and inexperience, but like, can you get the stops on offense against this offense? Um, Jordan Love's been playing really well. We saw him make some key plays in that Chicago Bears game last week to win, to win uh, there uh, on third downs. You know, he's a guy who can create a little bit with his legs, but he's been able to win from the pocket with his arms. I think it's just about, again, the first question we have to ask is, is Stefan Gilmore playing? It sounds like he is. It sounds like he's going to tough it out. You know, he might be a little banged up. He might have to wear, you know, a, a brace on it, uh, the shoulder that he suffered last week. But if he plays, I feel confident that this secondary and this pass rush will have a little bit of success here. Um, the Packers offense line hasn't been great this year. Um, and then, like I said, just with the inexperience and youth on that team, I think that your veteran defense, guys like Michael Parson, Demarcus Lawrence, also Diggy Zuwa, Stephon Gilmore, Deron Bland, Jordan Lewis, guys who have played in plenty of playoff games. They've, they've experienced what it takes to win um, in January, even though it hasn't been a lot of it. They they know what you have to do to get there. I think they can kind of take over the, the game a little bit more. And that's coming from somebody who hasn't been as high on this defense. But I think that – I think in, in January in the playoffs, especially against a team like this that isn't that elite quarterback with multiple passing game outlets that we've talked about, I think they can find a way to kind of – force themselves upon the Packers a little bit. Yeah, I think that that's I think that's the right outlook on the game is that they're going to give up yards and they're probably going to give up some points because that's the NFL. But if they can just get they just have to get enough stops and they have to, you know, and one of the things that this team has been unbelievable at and as a guy who believes that turnovers are mostly driven by luck this is you know a reconciliation that i've had to come to with with this team specifically is that i don't know if it's how they're built i don't know if it's how they're coached i don't know if it's the kind of players that they have i don't know if it's the you know the culture that's been established on the defensive side of the ball this team just takes the ball away and when they don't it's it's rough because they depend on taking the ball away to get two or three of their stops in any particular game. Um, and that can be dangerous against good teams that don't turn the ball over. And that's how you get these kind of dud defensive performances is you play about the same as normal, but instead of getting two or three takeaways, you give up two field goals and a touchdown on those drives. And all of a sudden you've given up, you know, 13 more points than your average game because you don't get those takeaways. Um, but Jordan Love is going to, he's going to throw some trick shots. He's that kind of quarterback. And, they're going to have a chance, I think, to get the ball. And with the way that, you know, there was a lot of criticism and talk about the way Donovan Wilson played early in the season. Um, I think a lot of that was 
maybe a, a little bit over-exaggerated due to the fact that he made some really huge plays that were then reversed by penalties on his teammates. And those, th- those plays were taken, were wiped away. Um, and now over the course of the last few weeks, those plays have started to stand up and not be taken away by, uh, by penalty. Jordan Lewis has played unbelievably well the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, Stefan Gilmore, hopefully that shoulder is fine. Um, he's Stefan Gilmore, Stefan Gilmore, like it, this part of the year is why you sign him. Um, and they, they are, they're just in a really good spot defensively. I feel like, which is crazy when you think about the fact that their their linebacker one is out for the year, their cornerback one out for the year. <laughs> it's pretty, their their first round pick that they spent on defense has been um, largely disappointing um, for most of the year, and they're still in a really good spot going into January to play really well against a young team uh, on defense. And the Cowboys are going to score. Um, if they can take the ball away, the game probably won't be close. If they can't take the ball away on defense, it probably will be close, and we we know how those close games turn out. Yeah, and I, I said earlier that um, that Rashawn Gary was down. I meant to say Eric Stokes was down, their second cornerback, when talking about their pass defense. Um, Rashawn Gary's healthy. He's played all 17 games. Um, what I was trying to refer to when I was saying that is their, their offense is the young and experienced unit, and their defense is actually the – more veteran unit. They have Kenny Clark. They have Preston Smith, uh, Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker, Rashawn Gary, J.R. Alexander. They have the veteran presence there on the defense that the offense lacks, which is surprising to me that the defense metrics aren't as positive as you think they would be, um, which is what gives me hope going into this game because it's it's kind of the reversal of what you would think. You would think that the veteran – I mean, we we go into this – we go into every season thinking that the Green Bay Packers defense is going to be this elite unit. They finally figured it out, and they never really pan out the way we hoped for. But, you know, I think it's interesting when you look at the metrics and you look at the roster and the age, how the offense has been the unit that's kind of carried this team the second half of the year. And, again, that's – the Green Bay Packers offense ranks third in EPA per play since week 10. They rank third in drop back EPA uh, since week 10. And then they rank fifth in rush EPA per play since week 10. Um, So the offense, Green Bay Packers offense has been carrying this team in the final, you know, eight, eight weeks of the year. And that's, where we keep talking about this youth and an experience that the unit that's played the best for the Packers is probably the unit that might struggle a little bit more in the playoffs just because it doesn't have, it doesn't have, you know, it doesn't have the, I'm going to keep saying experience and inexperience, but it just doesn't have that experience carry itself that at that level through the playoffs against playoff contending teams. I think. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of PropG Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I think you're I think you're right that the um you wonder if this some of the scheme stuff is gonna hold up 
but you're also going to get some super game planning situations in these things, designer coverages and stuff like that, designer rushes that are going to take advantage of some of that scheme stuff. And um, and if they're able to, if the Cowboys are able to catch Jordan Love a couple of times, they're going to be fine. If Jordan Love gets on a heater, it's going to be a, it's going to be a back and forth game because I I don't think the Packers will be able to stop Dak and the Cowboys offense with much consistency. Um, it's really about for the Cowboys offense. It's about what, what version of them comes out and shows up. Is it the dynamic, everybody moving around, creating space and mismatches at the snap, you know, Cavante Turpin in the backfield, you know, all that kind of stuff happening, or is it just, Hey, we're going to line up two by two and three by one static. And we're going to try to run, you know, counter and pin pull at you. And, uh, and, and not block it up very well and get beat. If if, if that ha- if that offense shows up, then it's going to be Dak putting him on their on his back in a couple of situationally specific times and uh, and trying to win. And I just again like I think this defensive line it's kind of starts starts there for them. Obviously, you know you need stuff stuff on get more to play and be he- healthy. Um, but you know you just you're going into the playoffs with you know the the Packers offensive line looking like it's going to be Rasheed Walker. Uh, Elton Jenkins, who's a really good player, Josh Myers, John Runyon, and Zach Tom. And you just – you know the interior of that offensive line is pretty good, but you should be able to get your fair share of wins against those tackles. We've seen, you know, hopefully what we can see from Michael Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence, Dorrance Armstrong, also Diggy Zua being, being able to hold his his own against some of those better interior players. But you would hope that, you know, this 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 Cowboys pass rush can get home and win – some of their matchups against some of those tackles. Um, and that, like I said, like Myers, Runyon, Jenkins, that's a that's a good trio to have in your interior there. But also Diggy Zuwa's played it really well this year. He's one of the, the top-ranked interior uh, pass rushers as far as pass rush one rate grows. Um, you think he can win his fair share of reps. And like you said, it's about getting to Jordan Love a couple times on early downs, kind of stalling drives before they can get even can even get started. And then one thing I just want to see this defense improve on a little bit more than it has over the last couple of weeks is, you know, on those third and longs, they gotta they gotta limit those third and twelve conversions that they seem to given up a couple of times here recently. Um, getting off the field on third and long is going to be key. Matt Lafleur is not the coach that goes forward on fourth down and t- you know a lot. So you know if you can get them into fourth and four, fourth and five, he's the, he's not the type of coach that's really gonna leave his offense out on the field and go for it a ton. Um, so that bodes well. Like I said, you're not you're not playing a Detroit Lions or a Philadelphia Eagles that's going to go for and fourth down a ton. If you can just make sure that you you know limit the yardage picked up on third and long, that you're probably going to get a punt there, a field goal, and you know if you can hold them to punts and field goals, you got a really good chance to win this game. Yep, absolutely. You got a nail. Any any injuries other than Stefan Gilmore that we're kind of worried about? Jonathan Hankins came back. I know the injury report hasn't come out yet um, for us, but you know the the uh, Jonathan Hankins came back last week. Played played well. Looked like he you know was back to his normal self. Um, Stefan Gilmore, um, obviously, it sounds like he's going to play. We'll we'll monitor his practice time closely this week. But he kind of gave his word that he was going to play. And he just seems like a type of guy that uh, he's not going to let himself not play. You know, if he's if he's physically able to be out on the field, he's probably going to be out on the field. Yeah, I, I think that maybe the Tyler Smith foot, although, you know, with the way T.J. Bass played on Sunday, like maybe 
maybe yeah, they'll be all right. Awesome. You know, I mean, both of those. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're I mean, not going to bench Zach Martin by any means, but I think we didn't really touch on the game much, but both of those guys played really well. Yeah, it was. it's one of those where it's like you watch TJ Bass play in that game, and you're like, you know what? I start to wonder, like, can this guy snap the football? Yep. Because, you know, there's a there's a, a free agent situation happening at center, and we'll have all these conversations in the offseason when we get to to that stuff. But but if there it the last couple of times that he's played, the conversation has happened in my head and with a couple of friends and stuff like that, and the, the direct messages on Twitter, like And then Brock Hoffman like survives, right? And 90 minutes before the game, he finds out he's going to play because Zach Martin wakes up sick on Sunday morning and finds out he's going to play and goes out. And he, I think the best word for it is he survived. Like he didn't hurt you. He was not, you know, there was clearly a difference in the level of play there on the right side, but he didn't hurt you at all. And that's pretty freaking phenomenal. Her interior offensive lineman number five to go in, who's been taking snaps almost exclusively at center all season, including training camp, goes in, plays right guard for you in a division game with a chance to win. And you saw not very much functional difference in the way the offense worked. Uh, pretty stinking offense or pretty stinking awesome. A lot of kudos go to those guys, the players, to the offensive line coach, to Mike McCarthy, to Dak. To, to the other three offensive linemen um, and the way that they played and how they kind of helped incorporate those two young players inside. But I think you you wonder about Tyler Smith just because it's a foot, the pressure, the leverage that you're trying to generate as an offensive lineman. And you mentioned some of the guys that the, the Packers have that play inside. You know, Kenny Clark's phenomenal. You know, those guys, they spent a lot of resources on defensive line over the course of, you know, forever but especially the last you know half decade or so that you wonder about Tyler Smith um but really other than that I mean we talked about Stefan Gilmore Jonathan Hankins came back and was fine and he's another week removed so you know should be a little bit better should be feeling better I think that's really you know that's really it as far as I know and you're gonna you're gonna need Jonathan Hankins in this game I, I think and we've, we've been lied to before, but I'm pretty sure that the team came out before the game, whether it's Jerry Jones or Mike McCarthy, said that, you know, we're Tyler Smith probably could have gone this week, but, you know, we decided it'd probably be best to so give him a week off, kind of let everything rest up and heal up a little bit. Um, you know, so I think I, I would expect Tyler Smith to be able to go. Um, but like I said, I think I think Jonathan Hankins is a big one if, if – if he can play, you're going to need him to play. Aaron Jones has been a Cowboys killer throughout his career in, in Green Bay, um, been a big reason that the Packers have had so much success against the Cowboys over the last few years. But I think that you haven't had Jonathan Hankins in some of those matchups. I think you have him now to, to be a a quality, you know, middle ground eater that's going to not allow him to run for hundreds of Russians of yards like he's done in the past. And that's, that's been a big issue for the Cowboys defense against the green Bay Packers offense. You can almost see, I know we talk about this with McCarthy a lot, but you can almost see green Bay coming out early in Jordan loves first playoff game, you know, and trying to maybe establish the run a little bit to, to kind of get him into a rhythm and, you know, calm his nerves a little bit. Uh, maybe they will come out and sling it around and, and, you know, 
try to try to assert their dominance early, but it just feels like that Matt LaFleur with the young quarterback, young receivers is probably going to come out and go, Hey, let's see if we can pick up, you know, five, six, seven yards on the ground on first and second down and, and, you know, make these third downs a little bit easier for our young, you know, pass, pass, passing game. And, uh, if that's the plan, I think that's a good plan for the Cowboys if they're able to to buck up and stop the run like they have for most of the the year, which I know some fans will say that that's not the case. But when you look at it outside of the Buffalo game, um, outside of a couple of those games early on in the season, the Cowboys defense has been pretty good against the run. So if they can be pretty good against the run in this game, I feel very confident that they'll they'll be able to come out and, and play well. Um like I said, we need to pay attention to the, the Packers injury report, too. I know Christian Watson has been up and down a lot this year, did not play last week. Romeo Dobbs right now is questionable. Um, so it's 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 one of those things where we're, we're paying attention to both injury reports. A lot of times this time of year, everybody's practicing, everybody's playing because it's the playoffs. So some of these guys who either haven't been practicing or playing for Green Bay are probably going to figure out a way to put it on and – and, and get it done this week. But uh, let's go ahead and get into our predictions for the wild card weekend round. Um, like I said, Sunday, uh, Green Bay comes to town. It's it's going to be a good game one way or the other. Um, 4, 4.30 kickoff Eastern time, 3.30 kickoff Central time at AT&T Stadium. Winner moves on to the divisional round, which is likely going to be one of, what would that be, Detroit and – Who's Detroit got? Detroit plays the L.A. The Rams. LA. So the winner of that game would Jared Goff, John Wick game. Yep, Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford game. Um, the winner of that plays would play Dallas in the divisional round. Correct. Unless, um, well, well, not the winner of that, but the winner of yeah. the the winner of Detroit and um, Detroit and L.A. travels to. Dallas, correct. So I think I believe they reseed every round. So the if the um you got Philly, the, Cow- Bay, the Cowboys got win, then it, it if whichever one of the wild card teams win, if a wild card team wins, will play the lower ranked team will play San Francisco in the division round, and then the next lowest ranked team will play the Cowboys. So if the Lions beat the Rams, then the Cowboys will play the winner of um, the winner. Or if, then the if Cowboys Detroit will play. wins. They play Detroit in the divisional round. If Tampa Bay or the Rams, or if the Rams win, if the Rams win here, this is easy. Ways. If the Rams yeah. beat the Lions, the Rams play San Francisco, and yes. Dallas would play the winner of Philadelphia, Tampa Bay. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> That's the simple way to say it. Yes. Yes. If if the Rams we, we got there the Lions, if the Rams beat the Lions, the Rams will travel to San Francisco to play the 49ers. If Detroit wins, Detroit will play Dallas in Dallas. If Dallas obviously this is if Dallas wins. Um and in the winner, whoever wins the uh because they're the lower seed, whoever wins the Tampa Bay Philadelphia game will travel to San Francisco. Right, exactly. And that's you know, I think that's the path that makes the most sense for the Cowboys to wind up in the Super Bowl. And I don't think it's unreasonable to say Sean McVay outcoaches Dan Campbell and that crew and and Matt Stafford outplays Jared Goff. I think those are, you know, relatively yeah. those are easy enough scenarios to see. And then 
this will be the third time the Rams have played the 49ers this year and the the gazillionth time that those two guys have faced off, Shanahan and McVay. And that's that's as much of a toss-up in a playoff game as you can get with those two teams, um, especially with Stafford playing the way he's been playing. Um, and then if you do that, then Dallas gets Philadelphia or Tampa Bay at home. And now all of a sudden you're looking at at least a small chance of – LA coming to Dallas in an NFC championship game. And the, if that happens, then the Cowboys will probably be favored by probably a touchdown at home, I would guess, over LA. And uh, and you're looking at really high odds of a Super Bowl trip at that point. Um, it's still the most likely scenario that the Cowboys have to go through Green Bay, Detroit, San Francisco to get to the Super Bowl. Um, but just like I said, that if the Cowboys won their game against the Eagles, they would win the division there's just something about that Rams team that is just, that just tells me they could go to San Francisco and beat San Francisco in the playoffs. Yep. All right. So uh, what do you got for a prediction for this week for, we'll go ahead and do both of the games, the, the uh, Dallas um, Green Bay game and then the Tampa Bay. I say both. It'd be Tampa Bay, Philadelphia, Detroit, LA and Dallas Green Bay. Go ahead and start with Dallas Green Bay. Yeah. I think the Cowboys will beat the Packers. If I had to guess a score, I'd say something like 34-24, where it's probably a close game until, you know, the second half of the fourth quarter and the Cowboys drive down and score a touchdown or kick a field goal that makes it a two-possession game and uh, and their defense is able to hold. Um, For the uh, Tampa Bay-Philly game, I just don't think Philly – I mean, Philly is not playing very well. Their quarterback just had his finger pointing in the wrong direction. Their best wide receiver just came out of a game hurt. Their, you know, Matt Patricia is calling defensive plays for them. Like, I think they're a disaster right now. Um, I think Tampa Bay probably wins that game. As shocking as it is to consider the idea that Tampa Bay, the winner of the NFC South, would win a playoff game, I think Tampa probably wins that game. Um, and then the Rams Detroit game is the like the most interesting game of the week for me. Um, I'm probably going to pick the Rams kind of go in with that experience aspect that you talked about. I mean, this team with this head coach, quarterback, wide receiver, defensive coordinator, you know, best defensive player combination just won the Super Bowl like two years ago. They're, you know, talk about the best possible set of experience versus young inexperienced situations that you, that you're looking at. That's exactly what's going on in Rams lions. Uh, So, I think I'm taking the Rams. I think I'm going to take Dallas, Tampa Bay, and L.A., and then Dallas winds up playing Tampa Bay in Dallas, and uh, I don't think that game winds up being all that close. Yeah, I'm going to go with Dallas winning 28-20. to I'm going to go with the Rams winning 33-27, to and I'm going to go with the – Bucks winning twenty two to seventeen. Um, yeah, I mean, you, I, I just think that the Rams are a better team than the Lions. Um, I think, like you said, they, you know, they have some of that veteran experience that we've been talking about. They have a really good receiving core right now. They have a really good running game right now, and the Detroit Lions defense is atrocious. So I feel like that the 
Rams offense is going to kind of have their way with the Lions defense. And I think the Lions offense is still a little too inconsistent to really bet on them in that situation where you know that they're they're at the disadvantage on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and then I mean, right now I'm picking Tampa Bay to beat Philadelphia. We'll pay attention to the injury report there a little bit. Um, you know, I know the quarterback's a little bit banged up. A.J. Brown went down with what would look like a pretty serious injury. We'll see what happens. Devontae Smith didn't play last week. So and we've, we've seen it enough now that if if that Philadelphia offense isn't at full strength and having, you know, an elite, supporting cast around Jalen Hurts, that guy's not very good. Um, you know, he, there's just enough evidence there. I don't, I don't, I don't I'm not going to – Philadelphia fans aren't dying listening to this podcast, but I'm not going to have that argument. If he's <laughs> – if you don't have two to three really good pass-catching catch, options, a really good running game, and an offensive line blocking better than anybody in the league, the guy struggles to move the football up and down the field consistently. It showed last week – um, and again, people can say, oh, they didn't care about the game for the first half. They were without Devontae Smith and they were trying to win that football game. Um, it just went downhill fast because the offense was that bad and the defense wasn't much better. So um, right now I'm going to pick Tampa Bay to win. Like I said, if, if A.J. Brown's able to come back and play Devontae Smith, they get their offense back close to full strength. I might give Philadelphia a slight edge there, mainly because I just can't see them losing this many games in a row or, or the, having this bad of a stretch, I should say. Um, but right now I'll have Tampa Bay, I have uh, the Rams, and I have Dallas. And that would make for a a fun, fun week, uh, uh, divisional round week, because that would mean that the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers would come to the AT&T Stadium to play the Cowboys in the divisional round. And that, you know, we said it earlier, but that would give them a very good chance to make the NFC Championship game for the first time in a very long time. Yeah, I think uh, I think you you pretty much I think we're on the same page. I think you nailed it with the way the Eagles. The only way that the Eagles could shift what's going on right now is if they, you know, they took a really hard look at things the last couple of weeks and decide, you know, we're gonna turn we're gonna turn into an offense that just grinds you into dust and then hits you with deep balls over the top, which is kind of what they were last year. Um, and it, the uh, the efficiency on all that just kind of dragged way back, and I don't think you know they just haven't been playing quite as well, and so uh, so it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun week, wild card weekend and divisional round weekend are some of the most fun weeks of the year, so uh, I'm I'm excited to be here, and we're gonna we're gonna see what the Cowboys do. Yeah, my, uh, going my only Bay. hope, my just only hope going in this week is that they don't look to next week, which I don't think they will. I mean, they haven't had enough playoff success to do that, but. It feels like you're playing, you know, like we've talked about this young team that, you know, didn't think they, they were supposed to be in this rebuilding year. They made the playoffs. And I hope that they just don't kind of go, oh, we got this one. Let's go to next week. So that's the only that's my only my 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 preacher. My preaching for the week is just focus on wildcard week and win that one first. It's not a four. You know, we've heard we've heard a little bit of four more, four more like. I love, you know, that's a great way to think, but it's really it's one more, you know, let's go get yep. one more. Go one and up. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Don't, I don't, think, don't. I think the fact that it's green Bay. Helps a little bit because of the McCarthy. Give that a little bit more juice for them inside the building. Like, yeah. you know, with Mike McCarthy's history and the way that ended there and the history that this team has with green Bay and the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. There's some demons that need to be exercised there, I think. And uh, so I don't think they're I don't think they'll overlook this team at all for sure.
Yeah, that's my only hope this week. And I think if they don't do that, they should come out of this one pretty pretty unscathed. And then, like I said, the, the week the next week, you know, whether it's Detroit, whether it's Tampa Bay or Philadelphia, you know, that's going to get a little bit tougher, I think. For, well, I shouldn't say that. If it's Tampa Bay, I think that that's probably a – I don't know. We'll figure it out when we get there. Let's get through. Let's get through this one first. Uh, thank yep. you guys so much for listening. Hoping for a uh, a big Cowboys playoff victory to start a big playoff Cowboys run. Uh, when we we haven't really been able to go on much here recently, but we're hoping it starts now. Starts this weekend. Three twenty five kick or three thirty kickoff. Excuse me. This weekend Sunday on Fox. Let's bring it home. Like I said, we'll. Uh, We'll be back next week to talk about it regardless. Hopefully we're we're high and mighty and moving on to a divisional round. Um, and we'll uh, be back next week, next Wednesday, to talk more about the Dallas Cowboys and hopefully talking about the NFC divisional round playoff matchup against whoever makes it that far. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week. We are talking to What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.